This is a classic fairy tale called Puss in Boots. I'm sure that some of you might know it already. Now, there was a miller who had three sons, and when he died, the all that he had to give was the mill, an old donkey, and a cat. Now, the three sons divided them up between them. The eldest son took the mill, the middle son took the donkey, and the youngest son got nothing but the cat. Well, he wasn't very happy with this bargain. He said that his two brothers could work together and make a decent living with the mill and the donkey, but what could he do with the cat? After he'd eaten it and made a muff from its skin, there was nothing else that to do but starve to death. Well, the cat heard him say this, but pretended that he hadn't. And the cat spoke to him in a deep, growly voice, and said, If you do as I say, then I can make sure that you have made the best bargain of the lot. You will be well, uh, well provided for. Now, I want you to get me a pair of good, strong boots and a sack. So he gave him a pair of small boots, which the cat pulled on his back paws. I'll need that, he said, for scampering around in the mud and the brambles with. And he took the sack, and he set off. Now, he went out. And, you know, the young man thought that this cat was quite a remarkable cat, because he'd seen him, and sometimes he would catch mice by hanging by his paws and dropping on them, or he would get a rat by hiding among the flower or pretending that he was dead. Well, the cat set off with the, the sack, and he went off to a rabbit warren, and he took some grain and he put it in the sack, and then he lay down and pretended that he was dead, with the sack lying open, and he waited for a young rabbit that didn't have much experience to come along. And sure enough, a young rabbit came along, and it crawled into the sack, and Puss chumped up and tied the sack. He killed the rabbit, and he brought it to the king. Now, he said, I have come with a gift for the king. So he was led up to where the king sat on his throne, <clears throat> and he bowed low. He was a very well-mannered Puss, this. "'Your Majesty,' he said, "'I bring you a gift from my lord, the Marquis of Carabas.' This was a name that he had just made up for the miller's son. "'He has given you a rabbit from his own warren,' he said. "'Well, thank you,' said the king, "'and tell your master that I thank him also.' So Puss went off. The next day he hid in the cornfield, and he held open his sack until a brace of partridge ran into it. A brace means two. So two partridges ran into the sack, and again he chomped on it, tied the neck, and he brought it to the king, and he said, My lord, a gift from my master, the Marquis of Carabas. He's given you this brace of of uh, partridge. Oh, how lovely, he said. So they had the partridge there, and and then after that, for about two months, Puss went away, and he caught all sorts of game in his sack. Uh, 
and he brought them to the king as gifts from his lord, the Marquis of Carabas. And the king was giving little, little tips to Pust as well, a gold coin here and there. And he was starting to think, this is a remarkable man, this Marquis of Carabas. I've Strange I've never heard of him before, but he obviously is an important man. Now one night Pus said to the miller's son, Right, I want you to go down to the river tomorrow, and I want you to bathe there. I want you to wash. Now the king and his daughter are going out for a ride in their coach. So just go down there, and wash, and if you if you do exactly as I say, and go along with what I do, then you will be a rich man indeed, and you will have the princess as your wife. Well, the miller's son couldn't believe that, but he knew that this cat was more than he seemed, so he went down the next day, he took his clothes off, he jumped into the river, and he started to wash. Well, <clears throat> as the coach was going by, Puss came running up to the king, shouting, Help, help, your majesty, the Marquis of Carabas is drowning. So the king stopped the coach, and he sent some of his men running down to drag the poor unfortunate Marquis of Carabas out of the water. Oh, and a terrible thing as well, said Puss. Robbers came by and stole all his clothes while he was washing. I tried to stop them, and I shouted, Stop, thief, as loud as I could, but they paid no attention. So he's lost his clothes. That's terrible, said the king. So he sent some of his men back to the palace to fetch a fine new suit of clothes for the Marquis of Carabas to be dressed in. Well, once the miller's son has dressed up in this, and he has now taken this name, the Marquis of Carabas, and he looked the part. He was an extremely handsome and well-built young man, and when the princess saw him, ha, there was a warm feeling around her heart. And that warm feeling turned into a tiny little spark, which turned into a little flame, which turned into a big, roaring blaze of love. Well, the miller's son got into the carriage at the king's invitation, and he sat there opposite him, the king and his daughter, and he thanked him very much for the clothes, and the king said what a delight it was to finally meet him, the man that had sent him so many gifts. Now Puss went ahead of the coach, and he came to a huge field, a big meadow, and in it there was lots of people cutting the meadow down for hay. And he said to them, Hey, people, when the king goes by and asks who this meadow belongs to, you say it belongs to my lord, the Marquis of Carabas, and if you don't, I will tear you into tiny pieces, small enough to just pop into a cooking pot like herbs. Well, when the people heard that, they didn't fancy being chopped up as small as herbs. So, when the king stopped and looked at this beautiful big meadow, he said, 
Who does this meadow belong to? And all the more said, It belongs to my lord, the Marquis of Carabas. Well, heavens, he said. Yes, said the Marquis of Carabas, who was really the miller's son. Yes, he says, it produces a huge amount of hay every year. Magnificent, said the king. Now they went on a bit further, but Puss was ahead of them still, and they saw a huge field of corn, and there was harvesters in it cutting the whole corn down. And Puss said to them, Hey, you people, when the king asks who this corn belongs to, you say it belongs to my lord Marquis of Carabas, and if you don't, I'll have you torn into tiny pieces, just like herbs chopped for the cooking pot. Well, they were all scared, cause Puss was able to swell himself up and look really impressive and important and dangerous. So, when the king's carriage stopped, and the king stuck his head out the window and said, Who does this cornfield belong to? All the reapers, all the harvesters, they all said. It belongs to my lord Marquis of Carabas, they all said. Well, he turned to the Marquis, and he bowed his head. He was impressed. Such a large estate. They had been going for miles. Well, Puss went ahead, and every time he met anyone, he told them to say that the land and everything that they were doing all belonged to the Marquis of Carabas, and the king was fooled. He heard all of this, and he was very impressed. Now, Puss ran up to the castle, it was a magnificent, beautiful, and huge castle. And in the castle there lived an ogre. And this ogre owned all the land around that they had travelled through. And he had obviously stolen this from someone. But Puss knew all about the ogre, and he also knew all about the magic that the ogre could do. So he turned up, at the door, and he knocked on it, and the ogre came to the door and said, Yes, what do you want? Oh, sir, he said, I was just passing, and I couldn't but come to pay my respects to you, sir, such a mighty and important ogre as you are, with such a beautiful castle. Yes, he said, I... I am rather important indeed, said the ogre, a great, big, huge, ugly brute of a thing. I hear tell, said Puss, that you can change your shape. Is that right? Well, yes, said the ogre. I've heard that you can be as big as an elephant or a lion or something. I can. Yeah, but I didn't believe it, though. I mean, you know, it's that's not not possible. What? said the ogre. Not possible? I'll show you what's possible. And he turned into a lion, a huge, ferocious, roaring lion with massive claws and teeth. And Puss was so scared he ran up the wall and hung on to the guttering around the roof. It wasn't easy climbing up that wall with those boots on, because they couldn't get a grip, not like claws. But he stayed up there until the ogre changed back into his usual shape. 
And then Puss came down and said, Well, you certainly frightened me then. Oh, that was impressive. A oh, a lion. Well, that was wonderful. But I've also heard that you can turn yourself into something small. But I didn't believe that. I mean, something as small as a rat or a mouse. But that's not possible. The ogre said, What? I'll show you if it's possible or not. And he turned himself into a tiny little mouse. And he went scampering around on the doorstep. And Puss sprang on him, killed him, and ate him up in one gulp. Now he went into the castle, and everything in it now belonged to his master, the Marquis of Carabas. And he heard the royal coach rumbling up over the drawbridge. And the king said, My mercy, what a beautiful, magnificent castle. And Puss came running out the door and said, Your majesty, welcome to the castle of the Marquis of Carbus. What, said the king, you live in this castle? It is beautiful. Well, it's not bad, said the miller's son. Well, he got out of the coach, and he took the princess by the hand, and he led her down out of the coach as well, and they followed the king into the castle, and there was a huge banquet laid out for them. Well, originally the large banquet had been laid out for the ogre's friends who were coming to visit, but Puss soon put around that the ogre had been killed, and all his friends, in fear, ran away, far, far away from that land. Well, they sat down, and they ate, and all the time the princess couldn't take her eyes off the Marquis of Carabas, this handsome young man, and the Marquis of Carabas was darting little glances towards the princess, too, and that fire in her heart I was telling you about, that blazed hot, and it also blazed inside the miller's son as well, the Marquis of Carabas. He loved the princess as well, and the king liked this young man very well, too, and after four or five glasses of wine he said, "'You know, Marquis of Carabas,' If you didn't marry my daughter, I'd say that you were a fool, not to be my son-in-law. Well, thank you, your majesty, he said with a low, low bow. And he took the princess by the hand, and he asked her if she would marry him, and she said yes. Oh, yes, she would marry him, all right. And so... The two of them were married, and they lived in that beautiful, sumptuous castle with all that land around. And Puss became a very important lord there as well. And he never had to go and chase mice again. Unless, of course, he wanted to, because it was fun. <laughs>